0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what-the-fuckers? What-the-fuck-tuckians? What-the-fuck-buddies? fucksters? what the fuck what the fuck holics What's going on? It's Mark Marin. This is my show, WTF. How's everybody doing? Thank you for joining me here in your head. I appreciate being here. I like taking up space here for a little while. I hear a lot from you people. I hear a lot that uh, sometimes my voice is so um, invasive that uh, some other things in your lives get narrated by my voice. I'm honored. I appreciate that. Uh, I will not seek any compensation for being a, a, an inner narrator, even when I'm not being piped into your head, because I'm a big-hearted guy, and I appreciate uh, you know living in your head, whether I'm, I'm talking into it or just there, occupying space. As long as it's not obsessive and weird and you're not coming to kill me. Ah, oh, that got dark awfully quick. Welcome to the show. Today on the show, Nick DiPaolo, who I have known since 1988. Nick DiPaolo, stand-up comic. Some of you know him from uh, Tough Crowd. Some of you know him from stand-up. Some of you know him from his show with Artie Lang a while ago. Some of you know him from things he said that upset you. But uh, Nick and I have been friends for coming up on 30 years. And uh, he I did one of my first gigs opening for Nick DiPaolo. I've known him a long time, and I talked to him on a trip to New York. And uh, you know, Nick is Nick. So brace yourselves if you're if you're the type of person that requires bracing of oneself. Also, in a minute, uh, Brian Regan uh, stopped by. He, uh, he's got a, a pretty exciting uh, bit of business happening. Brian Regan, this Saturday, September 26th, he will be performing the first ever live stand-up special in the history of Comedy Central. Brian Regan, live from Radio City Music Hall, is this Saturday night. Watch it live as it happens at 9 p.m., 8 central. So Brian came by to talk about doing that live special, and he brought Joe Bolster with him. Now, Joe Bolster, myself, and Brian all hosted a show called Short Attention Span Theater on Comedy Central back in the day. It was my first gig on television. I was not happy about it, surprise, but I did it because I was broke, and I learned some things doing it. But it was interesting that Joe came. Joe opens for for Brian sometimes. I had not seen Joe in years, so I put him on the mic, and it was like this weird reunion (laughs) of a past host of Short Attention Span Theater, and we had fun. We had, we had more uh, more fun than I anticipated. I always knew Brian would be fun, but then there was an uh, Joe was here and I was like, "Wow, this is, we just up the fun, ante, Right? I appreciate all the uh, kudos and excitement over the Keith Richards uh, interview. A few uh, bleeding Deacon types of sober people uh, got a little concerned uh, with the cigarette. Uh, some insinuations were made, well, "What if he'd offer you heroin? What if he'd offer you a line of coke? What if he offered you a cocktail?" I wouldn't have done those. There's that answer. Well, why'd you why'd you smoke? Did you, now you're gonna start smoking again. One guy who was, I think, uh, you know, fairly uh, sensitive to the situation and the possibilities of the situation said, "Oh, great! Now we're gonna to have to listen to Mark Marin trying to quit cigarettes for six months in the monologs I'm here to report. That because I'm completely saturated with nicotine again on a daily basis through nicotine lozenges, I have not had another cigarette uh, since I smoked that cigarette with Keith Richards. I have no plan to smoke another cigarette. I know that a lot of people say that, but I'm really—I don't think I'm in the—I don't think I'm in the woods. I think I'm out of the woods. I knew I was out of the woods when I smoked it. It was risky just to smoke it because I'd already sucked a bunch of lozenges, but uh, I wanted to share a smoke with Keith Richards, and I think a lot of you understand that. Who wouldn't do that? amazing day in my life and i'm glad i was glad i got to share it with you and for those of you people let me let me let me say another thing while i'm here because i'm sensitive and uh, i get uh, aggravated and angry sometimes over over little things but here's the deal if i don't ask the questions that you think i should ask you should seek to do an interview with the person i'm talking to that's how that that works if if the interview falls short of what you think you would have asked You should you should make contact with that person and get those questions answered because I do what I do. And uh, for those of you who listen and are still hung up on answers and not hung up on feeling, uh, I think you're missing the point of what happens here on a good day. That said, those of you who'd like to see me in Australia, here's your chance to take a trip to Australia. If you live there, it's going to be easier. But if some of you are like, when, when should we plan to go to Australia? Well, October 15th uh, would be a nice day to go to Sydney because I'll be at the State Theater that night. Or if you're thinking Melbourne would be fun, October 16th would be the day to see that city. Uh, I'll be at the Palais Theater. And if Brisbane is on your mind, uh, you should make that trip on October 17th because I'll be at the Brisbane City Hall. So... If you live in Australia, those dates are for you as well. But I was just trying to encourage a tourist activity in your country for those of you who live in Australia, for you Aussies. Also, I'll be at the New Yorker Festival on October 3rd. That's all I know about that one. I imagine you can look it up. Uh, New Yorker Festival on October, the evening of October 3rd. I'll be somewhere uh, in New York doing a thing, a talk. God knows I need to talk more. What else? I, I got some interesting news I, that i like to share. I think it's pretty exciting news that, uh, you know, somewhere in the last month, somewhere this month, um, we crossed a pretty big mark. It's a big number, uh, but this show, WTF, uh, this happened this month. I don't know the day. I could find out, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we crossed the threshold of 200 million downloads since the day of this show's inception and that uh, le- and I, the weird thing about that is uh it was less than two years ago that we crossed the 100 million mark so things have picked up but that's a big number and man if i had a dollar or a quarter or a dime i even a penny for everyone those downloads wouldn't that be something let me uh, do this now let's go to my conversation this is Brian Regan and Joe Bolster and myself all three of us previous hosts of Comedy Central short attention span theater and again Brian's special uh is this Saturday September 26th it's the first ever live stand up special in the history of Comedy Central Brian Regan live from Radio City Music Hall uh, is on this Saturday night. You can watch it live as it happens at 9 p.m., 8 central. So here's me, Brian, and Joe.
1: Is it historical? It's historical. Um, it's, yeah, I guess in a way. Come on, don't be, uh, what do you call it? Historic, modest. Historic by Co- Comedy Central's never done one of these.
0: Yes. Well, it's going to be happening while you're doing it. That is correct.
1: With no delay
0: well there'll
1: be a little delay be a little delay a six second delay i yeah, have to have a little delay
0: yeah did was that a, a negotiating point were, were you a stickler and it's not like what you, you're ready
1: did you say i want no delay well i think that's uh you know i, I even saturday night live anything has a six second delay yeah because you never reasons right because you right? never
0: know when some idiot's gonna
1: lose his fucking mind <laughs> <laughs> see right there i hope we're on delay mark <laughs> I I hope that gets bleeped out. I, I apologize to Mark's <laughs> listeners for that. So, your tape's on the 26th, and yes. is this an hour you've been doing for,
0: what, the last six months, year?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I've been, like, zeroing in on this particular hour yeah. because, you know, you need it. It's it's that weird tightrope. You want it in your bones, but not so much in your bones that you suck all the funny out of it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um... You'd want
0: to to at least uh, uh, feel like you're engaged with it and not walking through it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have that weird moment where you're like, look at that guy doing my jokes. Oh, fuck, (laughs) that's me. Right, the out-of-body thing. There's (laughs) me saying some memorized stuff.
0: (laughs) Have you had that before? Yeah. I've had it. I
1: mean, as soon as as I feel like that, then I will automatically not say it the way I'm supposed to say it, just to get back into real mode. Sure, sure. I'd rather clunk through a joke. And have it be real, then say it perfectly, and have it not feel funny. Right, yeah, right.
0: And it, does it bother you if uh, you, you don't feel like it's funny, and you just sort of walk through it, and you were thinking about something else, and they're all laughing and
1: rocking in their yeah, chairs, and there's yeah. party that's
0: like, look at them, fooled them again. <laughs> I'm not even present. <laughs>
1: No, I don't like that feeling. It's horrible. Yeah, because it's like uh, it's that feeling of mailing it in is a horrible feeling. We well, yeah, I, I always want to feel like I'm there in the moment. Right? Why would you? Yeah, we could have done another job yeah. if we were going to mail shit in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, been some type of mailing person. you
0: sure, a mailing person, or just a guy that just does this and goes, "Yeah, I'll I'll get to it," and, and <laughs> just sit there, whatever that is. Yeah. So you were you got the uh, the honor
1: of uh, doing one of letterman's
0: last bit of shows
1: yeah man i was uh i had done what i thought was my last one in october of last year i usually do one about every nine months so i thought all right that was probably my last one and then uh my manager rory called to tell me they wanted me to do one more and uh it was great Rory Rosegarten? Rory Rosegarten. No kidding.
0: I did how I did I know you were with Rory Rosegarten? Rory Rosegarten. What's his brother's name? Peter Rosegarten. Rory and Peter Rosegarten. Yes, with a T. Famous for handling the Romano and the Robert Klein, is what I know. Yes. Yes. And Joe Bolster. And Joe Bolster, who's in the house, who's in the room, he's in the garage. We're gonna get him on mic in a second because we all share a weird common history bolster uh i I remember at one time sported a mustache but we'll talk about that there was am i am i wrong about that no you are correct this is gonna be boy that's a big tease
1: (laughs) and we'll be back (laughs) we'll get into that we'll get into that right right around in a few minutes right after these words (laughs) from our spine remember joe bolster's
0: mustache (laughs) coming back at you so uh all right so what was it like with the letterman did he talk to you you, uh, did you have a relationship with my I've done the show like four times and he, he was always one time he uh, I sat down on the chair and he uh, he actually said, uh, you can get that stuff to work at clubs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know, uh, I never, uh, you know, well, I, I saw him backstage mm-hmm. once or twice, you know, before a show, but we never hung out. You know, what right. I mean? everybody knows he's not that, right. He's not a social person right. in that regard. And and I've like jokingly in interviews, you know, people say, "What's Dave Letterman like?" And I would say, you know, just to be ridiculous, I say, "Well, I was I was flying a couple of days early, and he and I go out to Central Park because he likes to fly kites, and we'll fly kites together." You know, thinking right. you're so over the top absurd that they wouldn't, and then an interviewer will go, "Really? I didn't know that he was into kites." And you go, "Oh, <laughs> jeez, now I gotta now I gotta bring this back." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does he like the complicated kite or a classic? Is he classic? Single single yeah. piece kite. Single <laughs> Some of those kites, they got fish, many parts. <laughs> and then I gotta start Googling kites <laughs> while I'm uh, while I'm on the air with a guy going, no, yeah, no, we're going down this rabbit right, hole. Didn't, didn't know
0: this bit was gonna keep going. <laughs> I was not prepared for the improvisation. Now I'm talking like Brian Regan. Say see, see how quick it happens? <laughs> how quick it happens. But uh you did you did that show like a like a lot.
1: Yeah, I I think it was 28, and I was honored to do every one of them. Uh, The last one I was on, Ray Romano was also on. He was the first guest, Mm -hmm. and uh, he had a very nice moment where he told Dave that his life changed on that spot, the stand-up comedy spot. Oh, yeah. He said, I went out there, and I had a set, and your people called me a couple days later. That's right. And you changed my life, and Ray Romano got emotional You know, on the show. Uh Uh-huh. And Dave said, "Why don't you go out there and stand on that spot again?" You know. Oh
0: man, I'm gonna cry.
1: And I'm backstage, going, "I gotta go stand on that spot for real. <laughs> I gotta follow a, a guy crying standing on a spot, and I gotta go out there and make people laugh on that spot. I'm here to do the job that that spot requires. <laughs> yeah. This is not a nostalgia journey yeah, for me. No, I have to, I have to work on that spot. Get off, get the tears off that spot. <laughs> that spot's not for crying." <laughs> That's but it was it. a really nice moment for Ray, and yeah. uh, he you know he said that he had never been able to thank uh, Dave Letterman publicly like that, so it was a good thing for. He's him. He's a sweet guy that way, a-
0: absolutely, you know,
1: and then somewhere backstage,
0: Rory Rose garden was going, "I got two guys on tonight, <laughs> two of my guys on." <laughs> But uh, but so, you really just passing conversation with him generally, just like good job. And he shakes your hand and you stand there. With yeah, him.
1: just the moment where yeah. he comes, you know, you finish your set and then he ah. walks up from behind and you have to pretend like you don't know he's right. walking right. up. You right. Know? You just stand there. You don't want to turn around. Right. Right. Because what if he isn't coming? Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, there straight. is that
0: weird few seconds where you're just standing there <laughs> like
1: looking uh, forward, yeah. going, I think he's oh, walking up. He no, oh, hey, oh, hey. I didn't know you were coming up from behind <laughs> yeah. me. It's so wild to be out there and know he's sta-
0: sitting there. It's so. Trippy man, I get I'm gonna miss him. Oh, yeah, I i think he,
1: I think comedians, most the, comedians love Dave Letterman and his yep. comedy and his style. He's the best. He introduced a, a style that had not been prominent before he was right. on the scene, and I think that's why comedians really, you know, love yep. what he did. The endearing crank, yes, yeah. Well, you know, when Dave Letterman had the daytime talk show, oh, yeah, you know, before they yeah. realized, well, no, it's not for you know <laughs> that that audience, but um, when he was going to be replaced. His final episode, he did a tribute to the show that was going to replace his show, which was going to be Card Sharks or Card Sharps, <laughs> right, right? And he had like fifty-two people dressed like playing cards coming out and walking around, and it was so it was yeah. so f- subversive and funny that he was making fun of the show that was going to replace it. Oh yeah,
0: he he had just enough fuck you, you, yeah. you know. What I mean, yeah. more of it when he was younger, and then it kind of smoothed out, and mm-hmm. we a nice palatable fuck you at the core of it. <laughs> You know that's important. You don't see that enough on TV. Yeah. Now are, is Joe going to open for you, Joe? It's time to get on the mic, Joe. Joe Bolster, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, uh, the the Joe Bolster. Joe Bolster. I have felt like Teller for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joe, nodding. I should tell my audience: Joe Bolster is a comedian, but he also. And I didn't remember you doing this. I hosted uh, Short Attention Span Theater, which was a show uh, originally hosted by uh, John Stewart and Patty Rosborough. Yes. Which uh, then uh, I think became just Patty Rossborough. Correct. And, then, and to, then, then to Brian. And then Brian Regan hosted it.
2: And then Brian and I co-hosted. Oh,
0: YouTube co-hosted For it. A
2: brief period. It's
0: Get on that, mic, Joe. You well, know how sorry. to do it. Yeah. We
2: were, you know, reminiscing today. If you'd like to ever see us, you can go down to the Museum of Radio and Television, <laughs> where we've been archived. Uh, and then Brian left. Yeah. Uh, he did not like train wrecks, and, and it was I, just you. Yeah, and I Mustached. took over. Mustached? No, this was post mustache. We'll get the mustache in a moment, Mark. Okay, sorry. Listeners are. I'm burying the lead. Burying the lead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what happened when I took over is they then auditioned my replacement with me on camera. Which one was that? Uh, they brought in uh, Randy Kagan and Rishumba, who was a model at the Rishumba. time. Remember Rishumba. Remember No, I don't remember at all. She couldn't read the prompter. So, I, so you're auditioning. You're, you're put through the humiliation. Yes. Of of you know. Finding my replacement, and then they wound up this guy Mark S. Allen, who was a, a, a radio DJ personality or, yeah, from Sacramento. Yeah, San Diego, Sacramento.
0: Yeah. San Diego, Sacramento he's I somewhere think
2: somewhere out here. And the thought was, he's young and looks good, but he had no comedy chops. He looked plastic. Yes, he had the Ken doll kind of. And I think like, I came
0: in after him. You did, and then and then Robert Small, known for the Unplug series, that was his big claim to fame. You know, just put a curtain yeah. up, and uh, he said, "We're going to revamp it." So they they just trashed the whole premise of the show. And what did it become? Oh,
1: you didn't watch it at all? Well, Thanks, I'm Joe. Sorry, I, I, I had to sit through your fucking show. I've got, them, I've got them all on tape, Joe. Know, Thank you, Brian. I, I was I watching pre- some last yeah, night, pre- Mark <laughs> Marin in front of the curtain. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no. That
0: was what he was known for. You, oh, I'm, know, I'm sorry. I'm, you I'm you trying was, to lie my way right. through this. To, uh, you remember <laughs> the vault. It was the concept was we were in the comedy <laughs> vault in the basement of Comedy Central when there was an elevator that I'd come oh, out of oh. and uh, there were several elevator operators. Uh, Frank uh, Santarelli was my elevator operator briefly. And you'd have chat with him on the way down? Yeah, we'll chat and then I'd come out and then. And what they do is they just bundle together a theme for the day based on free promotional clips so <laughs> if we were doing a carson themed show it was because they just released the best of carson and we'd be like you remember this gem wow. <laughs> and i had to uh, i had to like wh- when i first got there i had a fight for them to get a writer in there that would write me jokes they had me doing these weird throws to clips all i remember is saying this before I lost my mind. <laughs> I said, next up, a pithy python pair. Oh, man. And that's when the, you know, we went to clip, and I go, I need what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a comedian. I'm you know, a literate. That was the turning point. That was it. Mark the pithy Maron's python pair. And then John Groff came in, and that was his first writing job. Who He later went on to be a head writer at Conan. You, you
1: know what yeah. was very hard about that show when we were doing it? You know, They, they would like... Uh, Put themes together you know they, right. they would like have three or four comedians talking about Airplane tennis food. shoes oh right okay and then they were doing it it wasn't going out live but they were trying to do it live to tape while they were doing that while they showing those clips they would come up to me and say we're 45 seconds short wing something about tennis shoes so i'm like They gotta come back, I gotta follow three of the best comedians in the world doing their tightest (laughs) tennis shoe stuff, and I gotta wing something (laughs) off the top of my head about tennis shoes, which of course can't even come close to what everyone had just seen. Right. And just let everybody just kinda land with a thud at home, going, Ha ha ha. You need (laughs) to
2: he needs a co-host. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> bring s- in Joe
0: Bolster. <laughs> in some- we need a laugher. <laughs> right. Get a laugher up there.
2: So you ended the show.
0: I you buried it. One. Yeah, I put the I, put, I buried that thing. It wasn't bad, I guess. I you know it's weird that like because you, you've had opportunities in television that you, you've just uh, you know how it goes. It's limiting somehow.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I'm trying I mean, to be we, we have complete autonomy as comedians. <laughs> exactly. And then to get into a world where you don't is it's, challenging.
0: Yeah, it's like having a job. Yes. Uh, well, that's exciting, man, and, and I'm happy for you. What What else do you want to, uh, to well, add? Well, I think we
1: should get to my mustache. <laughs> See, look
0: at that. Uh, that's, that's how lazy I've gotten as You've a broadcaster. That,
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> that was like, the big thing we were to working tease. towards. But, okay, there was a decision. There, now, well, back in the day, in the early 80s, Maxwell House decided yeah. to do a campaign featuring comedians, Maxwell House Coffee.
0: Oh, my God, there's a real story here. Yeah,
2: and they, would, they had you come in, and you ha, you had to do, write the copy. So yeah. You had to prepare your own material that was coffee-related. Uh, and so I was one of the guys they brought in, and I, I came in, and they said, well, we don't like you with a mustache. Uh-huh. So I said, well, I'll shave it and come back tomorrow. So I shaved it and came back uh, the next day, and they said, we still don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and were you like
3: fuck? Yeah, it took me time. <laughs> this my oh, can
2: remember. you bring back just the
1: mustache? <laughs> yeah, just put that out there. <laughs> use that on the can. <laughs> Could you
0: voice the can with your mustache? <laughs> well, you look well, man. It's good to see you. Thank you. It was a nice surprise, and uh good luck with this thing. It sounds like it's going to be hilarious. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the date like a professional. September 26th at nine o'clock p.m. <laughs> Is there some part of your brain that's sort of like, no, I'm going to do something I've never done before. And,
1: um, I hope they got that pixelating machine ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah!
1: I'm growing a mustache. <laughs> well, you better
0: get on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was fun. It was good seeing those guys. I don't know if you know this. I like hanging out with comedians because I'm a comedian. I like hanging out with guys that do the thing that I do as well. Huh? How do you like that? Anyway, got Nick DiPaolo in a second. And he, it's it's very interesting how far back I go with that guy. I bring it up to him. I talk to him about it. So now, enjoy. And as I said, those of you who might be sensitive to particular tones. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not even going to, whatever. Nick is Nick. And uh, Nick and I have known each other a long time, and Nick is my friend. and uh, And he's got he's got some stuff going on. If you want to see Nick, I believe you can go to Governors on Long Island this weekend. I remember that being a good room. I remember having a great sound system. But the last time I played Governors, you could still smoke there. But uh, if you're on the Long Island, go to Governors to see Nick DePaulo. He's at the Gramercy Theater in New York City on October 17th, and you can get his special Another Senseless Killing at NickDePaulo.com. Please. Please join me as I talk to Nick DiPaolo. Come on, you had, you had fucking Obama on. You're, I you're- know. But it was funny because when we were setting this up, you, I, I went out of town and when you were supposed to come out. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to. You had the president on. What am I going to do?
4: I was honest to God. Even now, I'm walking across the street. I'm going, Jesus Christ! He must be going. What the fuck? What am I? Oh no, what's no! My I don't. Doing?
0: I don't feel this. I don't feel that way at all. Because with me, you know, that whole thing was it was an amazing honor. And as an American, the president says he want to talk to you, dude, dude. <laughs> you know?
4: Well, you're, you're you know what I call you now? You're a you're, uh, like Dick
0: Cavett. Oh yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I look at you. Right, oh, right, one right. of the Smothers Brothers, uh, yeah. kind of a hip, uh, right? You know talk what I mean? Conversation. Well, a fucking
4: great thing to be.
0: Yeah, but it was. Uh, but you were impressed. Dude,
4: I was blown away. I was fucking blown. I woke up excited for you when I, when I read
0: that. Seriously. It was the only time you were excited about Obama. <laughs> it, that's exactly right. Trust
4: me. He belongs in a garage. Listen, uh, no, I, 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 I was so excited for you. And I actually said this. I said to my wife. Marin, who's a friend of mine, yeah. I, I get a friend of mine interviewing the first black president, and they're talking about my old roommate, Louis C.K. <laughs> it's not the greatest country on the face of the earth. It Are is, you right? shitting me?
0: <laughs> That's so funny. And the fact is that, like, we go, I want to talk about your house soap, and then we'll work <laughs> up to there. All right. Well, so you just got a good deal on something. It's so funny. We were living in
4: Tarrytown, me and my wife. We moved up to Tarrytown and like, is, went to Tough Crowd. Was right. on. That, that, that's, that's 15 miles south of where my present house is. Right. And, uh, but my wife's such a, like a financial genius. We lived in this condo right near the, the, the opening of the Tappan Zee Bridge. You've yeah. probably been by it a million times. Right. It's a complex. And um, we were there for a couple of years. Tough Crowd was on. I, I had saved a lot of money even before then. So and, you were
0: like, not only a regular, but were you were writing on the show?
4: Uh, I I don't think I got a
0: writer's credit. But I was you were supposed, like every you were there every day. You wanna, you're gonna laugh at this.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was well, I was supposed to be on they had contract for us and I was scheduled to be on twice a week. Yeah. And after like the second or third episode, I get called in by Comedy Central and Colin. Yeah. He has a serious look on his face and everybody's talking like in he's cryptic. I'm like, yeah. What the fuck? Well, you've been making a lot of Jew jokes and uh you don't do it with a smile on your face. <laughs> This is an actual meeting. I go. What are you talking about? And they go. I, I said everybody was making Jewish jokes in an episode. Yeah, but you weren't really. I go. I want to see the fucking tape. Give me the tapes. Did they show you the tapes? Yeah, I brought them home. People were laughing their ass off. But I was saying some over the top shit. Yeah. Uh, but so so it was a big contract. Colin and Colin said to me he had to keep me from getting kicked off the show completely.
0: Uh huh. So now you know who really runs show business. Yeah. yeah that one turned out yeah, to be Col- true. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least in Comedy Central. <laughs> it was so weird.
4: Collins like, uh, uh, in the, I remember he goes, I don't want you to be that guy. And I'm like, uh, they were all, all these cryptic. I didn't know what they were talking about. Right. I go, what did I do? What, what does that mean? You don't mean the guy, the that, guy who gets fired. I guess so. Jokes? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they were jokes. They were yeah. just that. It's the same shit we were doing at the Comedy Cellar table. Yeah. And that's the whole idea. Well, that, of that, was,
0: show. that was why people loved that show and why it was probably a threat to everybody is that it was jokes but Absolutely. you know but, but it's still got a little hairy
4: and, and i and you know what i do i know when i'm on stage people have told you know I, sometimes i don't say it with a smile on my face you know me i'm a way too intense no, the, for my own good sometimes well it's weird you, you but you know when you cross the line oh fuck yeah because but it's fun
0: <laughs> I, <laughs>
4: it's fun and i don't think that sometimes i don't think there is a line your line might be
0: here mine's 500 feet down the right, road Right, but, but you know when it's not funny anymore
4: I have a trouble. I really have trouble going. Is was that uh, just mean or was that funny? As I get older, you, I get right? worse. Well, you notice wh- you get jaded. Well, I don't know what happened to you.
0: <laughs> I don't know when the anger, you know, like uh, became first and foremost. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I started with you. I, know. I mean, you were but you were angry too. No, no, no. I was, and it, and, and I think arguably not not that funny sometimes. <laughs> but you're always on the right side of the kind of the joke. I don't know if I was, you know, like I when I look back at it, there were definitely jokes I did at a different time where it was meant just to see if I could get away with it, with to push the buttons. Right. But if I really think about them, there's a couple of jokes I did where I'm surprised people didn't come up to me and go, "Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's that's <laughs> wrong-minded." <laughs> well,
4: but my my stuff sort of goes against, you know, the uh the uh showbiz. Right, but you but, know, but, I lean but, a little to the right and that's not always very popular. Well, that's right. That's You true. know, and yeah. showbiz in the showbiz uh, world we live in, but right. uh,
0: you're always uh, aggravated.
4: Yes, and then it, no, I know,
0: a little of this, uh, you know. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The,
4: before yeah. the show, you get bored after being at the cellar for twelve years. Couple I couple cocktails. Yeah, that brown liquor makes me fucking angry. Took me, <laughs> it took me two cancellations to realize I, <laughs>
0: that it was the booze. That's it's hilarious. still I have to watch myself. Oh really? Because you, your brain changes. It
4: cha- without me. You know, nobody yeah. would pointed it out to me. Everybody's That's like hilarious. afraid of me.
0: Yeah, right, right. Nobody would point well, you out. You get a little intense. Yeah, well, well, you remember, I, well, I think we talked about this once before, but probably a long time ago on the, on the show. I did my, I think my first uh, paid gig in Boston, opening for you in, in Gunkway in, in Maine. Yes, yes Captain, Captain Nix. You
4: you were you had just come off rehab. You'd taken a few years off. Well, no, right? I was in
0: L.A. and I'd come back. I come back to oh. I came back to Boston where I went to school to start comedy over again. And then I, I think it must have been. I wonder if it's even before I came in second in that riot. And, like, it might have been right before me. Barry Katzman's throw me some bones. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I met you. And, and you were, were up, yeah, walk into that. Fuck, I drove up to a gunkwit. Yeah. And Captain I- nicks I still, I went by there a few years ago. I think yeah.
4: it's still, the sign was still there. Really? Yeah. It's, it's still open. Yeah.
0: And it was, like, the, in the bar area. I kind of remember it. You, you walk in, <laughs> and the bar's on the left, and the stage is right there when yes. you walk
4: in on the left. That's exactly how I remember it. Right. And you were all nervous because you had to do like, look, what's funny? The half is hour. You, how about you open for you now? You're interviewing Obama. I know. That's <laughs> wild, right? I got Joe Madderease on the show. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I, I, but see, I still like the, the funny thing is the week after I did Obama, I did Rich Voss. I, I made sure that. What the fuck am I worried about? Nothing. He you per, don't need to be worried. He provide a nice buffer with yeah. Voss. But it was funny because what am I going to do? I so love Voss. Yeah, me too. I, I interview Obama. So what, has everything changed? What, how many things? Well, I don't know
4: thing- about you. I thought you might be. You've really changed. We're talking about my personality. Right. You've, you've gone the other way. There yeah. was a time when you and I had such negative energies, both of us. You'd right. walk into the comedy cellar, <laughs> and literally a, a rain cloud would form over
0: that table and stop pouring <laughs> on other people. And you and I would just laugh. I know it was it was it was true, and they were going the r- different directions. But I don't think they were essentially the different directions. I think that both of us are angry, anyways. Yes. And 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 the idea of you know, having politics to to sort of run it through <laughs> is nice. But I, I think yeah, that that's like throwing gas on
4: it, right? right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I just think that we're uh, you know we've got that attitude. You know, and yeah, and, and we can't hide it. Certainly yeah, there was but that's
4: a- what I like and you and I, even though you know, probably opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. politically, but we never really had a beef. Never. We, it's you know terrifying. I mean? The idea
0: of really having your anger pointed at me, <laughs> I was I was gonna <laughs> I was like, you know, it's great. He can point it wherever he wants. <laughs> just not at me. I'm not going to do it. I don't know.
4: I'm mellowing out, you know. Age you, gets you, man. Age gets you. Ugh, you can't. It's it, you know what horrendous. I mean? Even now, coming down to the FDR, I was like bumper to bumper. I just fucking, I actually have a John Denver, fucking best of John Denver I put on now in my really? car. I swear to God. I download it on my phone. So just when to, I get in traffic. calm you? I swear to God, I I I put on like you know Colorado Rocky Mountain High and sunshine on my shoulder, sunshine on my shoulder. I swear to so, God, it's on. the funniest fucking thing. Have you read really- Well, yeah, you'll I'll be singing along with it on the Colorado Rocky Mountain High. Then I'm like, get the fuck over! You're in the left lane, get over!
0: <laughs> as long well, as yeah. it helps. But so, OK, so let's let's go back, because, like, I remember when I came back from boss from L.A., yeah, I was a little fucked up. I was trying to stay sober. And then I, I go there because I remember you were sort of like, yeah, you did a pretty good job. You did. You were you were supportive. You were nice. Yeah. I think you had a, a chick with you. I don't remember who the hell that was. But uh, but, you know, you were you, you know, you were doing your thing. But it was all about, you know, tuna sandwich, you know, and uh <laughs> holy shit. You're right. Why don't, you, why don't you put some more? Why don't you put, Mayonnaise why don't you put, put on sawdust, it. sawdust in it or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, broken glass, broken and dust. broken
4: glass and dust. How the fuck did you remember
0: that? Through that, I remember jokes, dude. But like, there was a story about you that, like, you know, I always like it's an inspiration to me because I don't know if it really happened. It was one of those. It's one of these road myths that that you made a, a bridal party cry. Oh, I've a made bachelor, a couple bridal cry. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, yeah. parties cry. Yeah,
4: I, I got banned from the from the comedy works in Denver. Right.
0: That's where it, that's where it happened
4: to me. Yeah, don't sit the bachelorette party up front. I got banned from there because the I guess the woman runs it. Wendy, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. I called the table. I gave him a chance. I always give the bachelor. You know, you got to give him a little rope. Yeah, right. Get drunk. And, right. And then they just kept yelling shit out, and so I snapped on them. Bad? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Call them a bunch of drunken cunts, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. and, and, and next thing you know. You They're know, crying? I, yeah, some chick gets upset, and she's bawling. And she's, she's bawling with a fake tiara on her head. Get out of here. And very, and even worse, Mark yeah. uh, at the uh, the Punchline Sacramento. That's the one I heard. That's the one. What happened? That, that one got Walk really me a, through it. Well, I was in no mood. Even for me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I shouldn't be out tonight. I, I don't know why. I was like, just totally
0: not in a good mood. And he had to work. Was there a full house? Or like, because that's a pretty full, full pl- house. Yeah, well,
4: yeah. For two shows Friday night, big
0: room, big room. Yeah.
4: And there's a bachelorette
0: party once again up front. But you know, what? like you're sitting off stage and you see them and you see the middle and you see the bachelorette party, you know, before you even go on, like, oh, fuck. They were ruining the middle's act. Right.
4: I was getting so pissed that nobody was doing anything about it. And they were, they were ruining his act. Yeah. So on my way up, on my way up to the stage, some chick's like, take off your shirt. "Eh." And I'm not even to the microphone yet. And they're yelling shit at me. Yeah. And there's no doorman doing anything. I get up there and go, look, shut your mouths! You're the last guy, and you're not gonna fucking ruin my act. But, ba <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. I haven't even told the joke yet. Yeah. And 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 uh, some girl goes, "You're a fucking dick." This is before I even I haven't even get to the microphone. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> so then I snap on her, and yeah. another girl throws a beer at me. Yeah. Like a half a cup of beer. Yeah. Like right on my shirt. Oh my god. So I would go nuts. Yeah. Even for me, i go crazy. Like you're frothing, you're bent
0: over. Bent over, flaming. right over. My
4: face is an inch from the table, yeah. just calling the filthiest yeah. things, wishing cancer on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anything
4: I could think of. And, and all of a sudden, other table, some guys stand, they get, a table of guys gets mad at me.
1: Right. Like, you, go, you can't you call
4: girls that. I go, you're defending these fucking whores? Yeah. And they start screaming at me. Now half the room, this is how bad I was. It's chaos. And I'm taking blame for this. Yeah. Even though they should have been thrown out before I got on stage. Yeah. Now it's chaos. Yeah. I have tables yelling at me. Right. Because you didn't didn't get them
0: on your side at all. Not (laughs) not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Which I've learned since. Yeah.
4: So literally, they're screaming at me. I'm screaming at them. Other people screaming at me. Right in the middle of it, here's here's the manager's uh, idea for resolution. He runs up and hands me a shot. To calm me down, like a rumplement, <laughs> and I do it, and it gets even worse. <laughs> now people are leaving. Now people are trying to leave the club. Uh, when they there was two hundred and twenty people, I think yeah. it was a packed house. It was yeah. comedy it was booming, like yeah. you said. And and uh, when all the mayhem died down, uh, there was forty five people. Oh my God, mass exodus! For, mass you, exodus! You
0: stayed in the saddle. You stayed I stayed up in there. the
4: saddle. Did my set. They were loving it. Here's the funny part. So the second show between, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in the back of the room and the people are being seated for the second yeah. show. And I hear people, I hear people, the waiter would come over, you know, the show hasn't started yet. And I'm standing in the back and then yeah. I'm hiding behind the corner and I hear people going to the waiter. Hey, uh, we heard the headline. It went nuts on the last show. Is he, is he like a real fucking
0: crazy guy? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, All the people piling out, see him waiting on line in the hallway. Yes, and, there right. was a line to try to get their money back. They saw people coming
4: out of there screaming, and and what was scary was even after the second show was over, the yeah. guy comes out and he goes, "We have to have security walk you back to your hotel because there's a, those guy, that first table of
0: guys that was yelling, they're in a pickup truck." This is a couple hours later, you know, waiting for me to come out. of Then that club. place is in a mall. It's upstairs, across from a fucking mattress store. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then you got to walk downstairs to the parking lot. I had to go to the mattresses.
4: Strip literally. mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly. It, it was, they had the, the security guy to bring me back to the hotel. We got to walk, walk across back. the street. Like you said, I, you mellow out with age. I, I, and, and I've had them, I've had 20 bachelor parties since probably. And I and I say to them, even and, and they've been pretty good. Yeah. I think even clubs are evolving that way. More, right. But again, they still sit them up front. But I say to the girls now, I go, you know, I'm flattered you came out right. to see me. Right, right even though you probably didn't know who the headliner was. Right. But, you know, but I always say, why aren't you at uh, you know, uh, Chippendales yeah. right. e- eating whipped cream out of a guy's yeah, ass? Sure. Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah thunder yeah. Down Under, yeah. whoever the latest right. gay guys are yeah. dancing. at." Yeah. Uh, so I go, but I'm flattered you came to see me. I don't know why. Why would you come? You, you, your best friend's getting married, which means you're right. not going to see much of her for the right. next 50 years. Yeah. So this might be the last night you're out with her and you're going to come to a place where you can't talk.
0: I really yeah I I don't really know where the doing? where the tradition was established. I don't know why they keep doing it. I think it was Barry Katz management that established <laughs> that's how he gets that's the beginning of your career. Yes. No, but I I I get that. I think what they're really looking for is like, yeah, they'll make fun of her. So they they expect us to do what we're going to do, but they don't realize that we <laughs> we fucking hate them. Right, and it's it's not going to be that fun for us. I mean, some guys may handle it better, but I'm like, oh, this is going to be a problem.
4: Yeah, I, and is, I am flattered they came out right. But I think right.
0: that you and I, what you realize as you get older, is it, it gets sort of exhausting. Yep exactly to fucking you know, to do this defensive fucking you know like, yes and it's it actually feels better just to do a nice show for people that want to laugh yes but like i think you and I, I but i didn't feel this about you when you first started i went into it defensively you know like when i might when i started doing well, and, comedy security of course yeah but i was sort of like it was always a fight to me before the before it even started before i even got up there i'm like oh they're not i'm done like for no reason, you know. So it was always a fun. Yeah, you can talk yourself out of a good show. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I knew how to have a good show. The fact that I was doing regional gigs in the Boston area was crazy. Me, like you know, I watch you. Like you, you're speaking their language. Yeah. You have the right accent. You know, and I'm like <laughs> Revere Beach, Joe. Yeah, and- but what uh, when you started though? Like I don't remember you from Sam's. Like played against Sam's and shit.
4: Uh, I, I I hung out
0: there. Yeah. Well, Nick's was my home club. Right. right. So, But when did you start, though? Like, 87? Yeah, 87. Like, the spring
4: of 87 was right. like my... Oh, so fuck. we were working year in. That's the weirdest thing about those that's gigs. How much, well, that's how much stage time there was. Yeah, because they had all those gigs everywhere. Every restaurant and pub. I'll show you my book for my first year, Over 300 Nights. Like B.B. King, for Christ's sake. Right. Every restaurant and pub. On a Monday night, I'd be at a Mexican restaurant in Franklin, Mass. Franklin. Franks and Franklin. Franks and Franklin. With Drunk Frank. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Next night, I'll be the holiday in Nashua, New Hampshire. I remember On that one. Yeah. Wednesday, I might be back at Stitches. Thursday, I'm in Providence, Rhode Island, an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Friday, I might be back at Nick's. Saturday, University of Massachusetts. It was uh, every pub and restaurant in New England, Ski Lodge in Vermont. Three remember of them, all these gigs? Three of them.
0: Mother Shapiro's. Mother Shapiro's. B.K. Denny's. Bk, how do you remember? I don't You're like Louie. You're I like Louie. We remember certain things. Somehow you convince yourself it'll be nice. It'd be nice up there in the winter. We'll go up. We'll hang out at the nice house. It's a nightmare. Mother Shapiro's is <laughs> a fucking nightmare Mother Shapiro. with that weird Jewish dude that ran the place, and, the, and there was that weird mixture of, of skiers and fucked up locals. Yeah. The yeah, well, other, I was there once, and some guy like basically there was a group of fucking creepy ass dudes hitting on my fucking you know <laughs> uh, what became my wife Kim. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, I'm no fucking fighter. I'm sort of like, let's just go. You get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we were mo- mostly working for Barry Katz's Boston Comedy Company. That's right. I didn't work for I didn't work for the connection much. I worked for Mike Clark. I worked for Barry. Me, you you and me both. I didn't work for the connection either. Hardly. I still I, I still remember Mike Clark's phone number. It's so fucked up. Like, oh my god. I, can't, I still remember his phone. It was, you remember it was, he had the answering machine, but so we'd go and you never knew what you were driving into. Remember, uh, Lemonster. What was that? Poncho Villas and Lemonster. Poncho Villas. I
4: I did it two nights in a row for some reason. A guy was yelling. Second night, he was yelling my punchlines. A guy came back to see me. He's yelling my punchlines out from the balcony. I went up in a balcony with a microphone. You did? Yeah. Yeah, but up in the back It was one of the first places that they had no uh, wire on the thing, and went up there. And I'm like, "Who's yelling my shit out?" <laughs> and the guy raises his hand. <laughs> so I'm interviewing him in the balcony. Oh my god! Can you imagine yelling my puncheons,
0: and I'm upset at a club like that. Remember Banditos? There was Banditos yes. and Fall River. But but like it, your but, memory is killing me, dude. I thought you smoked a lot of weed. No, I haven't done anything in a long time. I have selective memory. I can't remember some people's names that I've known for 20 years. Yeah, you can remember Banditos. Yeah, yeah, but you know why? And I realized this later because I had it with the comedy store. It's like it's like where we were abused. It's like traumatic experience. That's what I was going to
4: say earlier. Say, I know. You it's, guys like Louisville. Rep- it's like a memory. childhood rape. You're right. not going to
0: forget that face. Kind of, right? <laughs> Mike, Mike Clark's phone number is, is
3: <laughs> That's tragic to it, you. It, 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 it,
0: well, it was like I didn't know. I knew that I had to do the job, but like it's sort of fascinating to me, given my my temperament, and my mind, that that's where I learned how to do comedy was going into regional New England and doing, it. and those not easy audiences. And no, I was a, they fre- And I was a freak. We, now, di- we yeah. didn't know how
4: good it was for us. You know what I mean? To work that much that early in your career—that's well, how we learned. We we, we were, didn't know though, we that- were,
0: but we were able to skip over the fucking host spot. It was a gift. That's right. That's right. You know, you're never- gonna be. Going to be a local opener that can't get that can't get bumped up to middle and then never get worked as a headliner. Right. I mean that's what happens to those guys. Right. They and a lot of them make do fine, but we literally had to do the job. Yep. You got these guys coming in from out of town or the colleges. The weird thing about the fucking colleges is that when we were doing colleges for Barry. He was, you know, giving Anthony Clark and, and uh you know Eddie Regine the big money yep. on the ticket and we didn't know better. That's so they, exactly right. They, it's like you go out and do the twenty for this in a fucking, you know, lunchroom, you know, for a hundred dollars and fucking Anthony's walking with five grand. Yes. We didn't fucking know. No, we didn't. We're just like, just let's have the gig. That's Barry, man. Right. Always with a the- He had me on his podcast, and I—he literally let me shit on him for an hour and a half. He loved it. That's the weird thing about Barry. Well, no, no, no. But uh, I guess that's true. We have it on film. Yeah, yeah. No, but he likes you when you bust his balls because he knows he deserves it in his heart. So he gets a bigger kick out of being, you know, busted on than anybody I've ever met. My. He's always
4: loved me, right? Because he was my first manager.
0: That, I remember the time that happened. It was like a mafia thing. Like one day you get this call and everyone's brought into the basement and he slides the papers in oh, front of you. Oh, this
4: is how it went down with me. Yeah. This is my favorite Barry Katz story because yeah. it sums up his management style right. and how he. I was at Knicks. I went on in front of Dana Gould. Again, I'm only doing it in a year. And Dana Gould's like 17. Yeah. At that yeah. Time and brilliant. And, amazing. And I'm up there doing raw stuff because I'm new. I'm probably yeah. being dirtier than I should be or whatever. Yeah. And destroying yeah. probably for all the wrong reasons. Right. Right. I come off, Dana Gould goes on and starts badmouthing me
0: uh, on stage. Uh-huh.
4: Now, I've only been in the business about a year and a half. I don't right. know. I'm in a suit jacket, right? I still have my college football muscles. Yeah. People hate me just for that because yeah. this is a
0: nerd business. Right. Not, at, it, not up, then it wasn't. Uh, not at Nick's. Not at, not at Yeah. But
4: I'm wearing a suit jacket. It fits me like a t shirt. Yeah. And I'm waiting for Dana Gould because yeah. he's badmouthed. Yeah, yeah. As, as new as I was, I knew uh, you, that's uh, one thing you don't do. Right. You don't badmouth uh, the back before you. So he comes off and he's coming down the stairs and I'm waiting for him. I, and I literally, oh, so put, he's walking out of the building. Yeah, I, yeah. I grab him, push him yeah. against the wall, and in, in the hallway, yeah. Nick's. And I go, "What are you doing?" He's like, "What, what are you talking about?" I go, "You fucking, you, you, you know, saying I was hacking and, and just shitting all over me." Yeah. I go, "No, I, I don't. start fucking trying to bull." I, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, right. So then, then you know, I I, I scared the fucking daylight <laughs> up. I go over to play it against Sam's later that night. Yeah, I'm sitting there with Kevin <laughs> Flynn on <I'll> Barry. <laughs> Catch comes up you Now Barry has signed Kevin Flannery Jackie Everybody with me Oh really yeah, yeah He had already signed A few of my friends Right He comes up to me He goes Hey uh, DiPaolo And I hadn't even met Barry I heard what you pulled I heard the shit you pulled Like with my uh, client Dana Gould Dana was with him Yeah at that point So so I go I go Barry Do you want to hear My side of the story He goes Sure I do Call me on Monday And hands me his business card. <laughs> 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 so I call him on Monday He ends up signing me <laughs> Is that not,
0: it's crazy? is that
4: not, that's like something you'd see in a movie,
0: right. like a, a sleazy agent. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't sign with him. Like I was, it, it was all, he did it all at the same time. He made this weird jump. Yeah. And he brought me into the, one of the rooms in the basement there where he was running in his apartment, <laughs> right? In Austin. And he's Alston, like, you know, he's, yes. he gave me the pitch. He had the paper right there. And I said, look, I don't know what it means or what you would do for me, but I can't, I can't do it. I can't. I don't. You know. I don't know what it means. What do you want me to sign? And and, and I think in that run, he signed like Al Ducharme, Marcy Rose, Ed Regine, Louis CK. Yeah. Like he signed that whole first crew. Yep. Anthony Carr because that was his big. I think Chip was like I, Anthony's my guy. You yep. know. Like and uh, he had everybody, and and it and it took it took all of you a little while to get rid of him. Who Did it ever? <laughs> did it ever we we moved i moved down to
4: how oh, things this what i moved down to new york with louis ck was my roommate barry you got, got us an apartment on right the up that, west side because
0: yeah, barry opened the club here the boston comedy club and yeah. the idea was he's going to run you guys his guys through there and and then he had that like that 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 magical apartment that's right so, so bunk was, beds yeah bunk beds you and louis but it, everyone came in right yeah, there, there's definitely some stories. In yeah, that and then me and Louis had it after people start coming. It was, it
4: was me and Lu- oh, was that fun? Looking was it? back on it, yeah. Oh, I mean, those were the good times. We wandered around New York City. Me and Louis, Louis yeah. had no concept how to how to use money, and <laughs> we went out. We, we did the punchline. Yeah. in San Francisco, I me and Louis for a week. Yeah. I, I've told the story on many. Uh, he goes, "I'm going out," and we we had a net worth of probably twelve hundred dollars between us at that point. right? Yeah. He goes, I'm going out to get a VCR. This is how long ago. I'm going to get a VCR so we can watch movies all week at the hotel. He's gone for like four hours, comes back with an $800 trumpet. <laughs> a trumpet? That's
0: the trumpet? Yeah. Yes. Because I remember him buying a trumpet. Yes. Right, yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah, there's a
0: couple trumpets. trumpet stories. We didn't have a, we weren't even making $100 that week between us, I don't think. <laughs> he bought a car out there, too, to drive. Like, he would buy cars right. prices, and then and leave them a- on the side of the road. Right. That's why I
4: love him. He's the real deal. He was <laughs> yeah. Screwy Louie, man. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we laid in bed and we used to play this game. I took a I took a, sh- a shit so big and then you do an analogy. Uh huh. You know? Right, right. I took a shit so big uh, it was worth twenty electoral votes. Uh, I took a <laughs> shit so big it sprang. I sprained an ankle. And we we would lay there till five in the morning, laughing,
0: just be- belly like <laughs> It was like a good comedy exercise. It, you know what I mean? That's a funny <laughs> bit. It's <That's> a funny because <laughs> sca- that doesn't exist anymore. Bunk, you two in bunk beds like kids. Yes, doing jokes yes that's hilarious
4: no we we I, uh, and he had those are my fond memories and
0: he had a motorcycle that he almost got killed on and then he had cars here that he would wreck and park and, and then eventually they'd just be taken away
4: somebody stole his honda that remember he had a honda prelude when when we first started uh-huh and uh somebody stole it and like <laughs> <laughs> left it like two blocks from where he was living in new york Oh, and, and uh, he does a joke about somebody stole his. Oh, somebody stole his watch out of the car. Yeah, and he saw the guy wearing his watch in the right. neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes up to the guy. He goes up to the guy. And he goes, "Can you tell me what time it is?" And the guy likes it. And Louis goes, "You got to push the button on." The-. <laughs> that, that's, so, that, that's, that's one of his
0: early bits. So we all did the like we like at that time because Barry was sort of like he Barry always helped me, but like that was when you guys were in New York and they they were shooting Caroline's Comedy Hour here. Yes. So we got to do that. We got to do the MTV weird 10-minute things. Yep. Like there was a lot of basic cable shit we all did. Yep. What, When and why did you decide to go to L.A.? What? How old were you then? Because I remember there's this weird memory I have. I was visiting in L.A., because I didn't really move there until th- 2002. So I don't remember when you were there, but I was driving somewhere and I saw you walking across the street from a coffee shop or you know something in a mall somewhere. And I said, hey, how's it going? And you were just sort of like, without even provocation, you're like, <laughs> I got fucked. Yeah, I, did, yeah, I know that Tony Danza was involved. I don't remember what. Oh,
4: yeah. I had a deal with Tom, but I didn't get fucked there. I actually got made some money uh it must have been before
0: like you were just sort of like just like alone walking that is perfect. and you were like just you know just like without even like how are you doing it ah fuck this place! you know like right out of the gate i was like I, holy shit i get
4: really bad memory i went out there twice i went out on my own like a 93
0: for, for like a year so the first wave so you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it yeah and you leave new york yeah 93 and 94 and i got a with a, no deal just to go no deal, but Rich
4: Super would just sign me with Irving Arthur. Right. Which is a good agency, and he, he was my agent. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I went out there, and like an idiot, I, I find the place on Venice Beach, a oh. basement apartment. I leave my girl from behind, Nancy, from yeah. National New Hampshire. Who right. I mean, like, Arsenio Hall had me on a show like three times in, it, four, it, in six moved? months. Uh, had I moved at that point? I'm so bad with dates. The first, he had booked me. I knew I was going to be on a show, right? And my managers said, "Yeah, you got to, you got to
0: move out." Not there. Barry, though.
4: It wasn't Barry. I forget who talked me into it, but I left my girl from behind. I was yeah. going to be a star, yeah, like an yeah. idiot, right? I get out there. I yeah. don't know anybody. Yeah. Rich Super's is not around. And you moved to
0: Venice, Venice, because so Rich was out there the, the whole, in Santa Monica. So that's for Nick DiPaolo from where are you from? Brockton? Where is? <laughs> oh, no, Danvers, Danvers, yeah, no, North Shore, <laughs> North Shore. There you are. The entire <laughs> world of of minorities and freaks. Is at your doorstep. That never bothered me. And it doesn't I don't think it does really no. bother you. I <laughs> I I I I you know,
4: people I got the again from Tough Crowd, I said yeah. a lot of shit to Patrice, who was my friend. Yeah. I got pigeonholed. They're quick in this business if you say They're quick in this culture. To to yeah. let throw yeah. that on you. Yeah. But uh you're right. I get out there, it was a culture shock. Yeah. But I'm living in a basement apartment. I want my girlfriend back. You yeah. know, see, I miss her. Yeah. I literally call home I kept calling the house the father's answering at like 3 in the morning. I'm like where's an answer <laughs> She's done with you. I I cheated on her before uh-huh. we left. Oh New you did. Right. Yeah. So he she's like no. You're she,
0: calling she, jealous or or sad? Both. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm like he, the worst, he goes yeah. no.
4: She's uh she's out with a guy Brian down the cape. <laughs> and he goes Nick you're not a bad guy cuz he was he apparently he was a uh, you know a wild man when he was younger. Yeah. Doesn't make you a bad guy but but you know but yeah. I'm I'm crushed. Yeah. I'm sitting in Venice Beach. Yeah. Mark, Mark, I went went 14 days without taking a shower. Fucking sitting against the wall. I got my wife beat her on. I'm eating pizza by myself. Evan Grant, do you remember Evan Grant? He worked... In like uh, Brian Steinberg's office, kind of a good looking kid. Oh yeah, 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 I do. Luckily, him. he was out there. Yeah, and a real player with the chicks.
0: Right. He always. Yeah.
4: He saved my life. It was like that movie uh, with Vince Vaughn. What is it? Something.
0: Swingers. Yeah, no. swingers. Oh, it was these, just like, like that.
4: Remember, they kept dragging they Favreau
0: character. Yeah. You, yeah. I
4: was that guy. Oh I, really? I lost like twenty. Pounds. I was running every morning on that. Uh, on the boardwalk. That boardwalk, out yeah. Venice Beach, like six miles. Mm-hmm. I fucking was ripped. But I wasn't eating. I was depressed. <laughs> you look good though. I look like John McCain when they pulled him out of the Vietnamese prison. hadn't <laughs> oh, shaven. I weighed like eleven pounds. yeah, i she I would just totally fuck my. I'd go home. I'd fly home and try to get her back. I'd drive up to her house. Oh uh, that guy. I can, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah and uh it was, flowers or something yeah yeah
4: and i remember even my mother going they picked me up at the airport my parents my mother goes i wish you'd act like a man i act like a fucking man i go that's how i get into this problem in the first place <laughs> my, my father's laughing my mother's almost crying <laughs> oh my god so i had a horrible and then i then i moved back to new york and then went out there went out to. but so that was it so when you were out there in venice
0: it just didn't nothing happen you did arsenio a I couple did arsenio times and a few got times got depressed
4: and uh, yeah And uh, uh, Evan Grant Thank God He was in my complex And he used to Fucking save my life And one Sunday I'm walking Just what you just said I'm walking down the sidewalk With a miserable look On my face Evan Grant's coming The other way I step in dog shit It's like 108 <laughs> degrees The beach is closed Because of gang activity Yeah And I go I'm out of here By Wednesday Fucking watch me He yeah. starts laughing Sure and I packed all my shit That
0: was fucking, it Dog yeah. shit and gang activity
4: Fucking That was it man. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, It just Nothing was happening So you flew back to try to, And you
0: tried to get The girl back You
4: didn't get her back couldn't get her back and 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 uh yeah so i come back to new york and um
0: what the hell did, what were your parents thinking like how how many brothers and sisters you got i got uh three sisters and a brother so i'm, big I'm family. in the middle all italian yeah. all the way through no 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 i'm half
4: italian that's yeah. the other thing and 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 french canadian and english on my mother's all side. oh your dad's italian yeah
0: and what you so you guys what you were a football player yeah, I
4: played. Uh, you know, I played. I was a captain at high school. Me yeah. and my two buddies were tri captains. Yeah, and I went up to Maine, and, and I I I tore up my shoulders in high school. Yeah, uh, busted up my shoulders. I had surgery after. Walked on at Maine. I was supposed to get a scholarship. That's right. another heartbreaking story. Uh, to New University of New Hampshire. That didn't t- turn out. So I walked on at the University of Maine and, and earned a you know partial scholarship. Yeah, and played up there for a couple of years. But Did you, uh,
0: you finished college up there. Oh yeah, yeah. But best time of my life
4: was it? It was there or BU? I couldn't decide where to go. I was at BU. <clears throat> oh, you did go yeah. to BU? I went
0: to BU. Yeah, I
4: didn't go because I I want to get out of town. Yes, the distract. I go and, and good. It was a good move because up at Maine,
0: and yeah, I, I, up there, where cou- what part? I of Maine? I couldn't now? even
4: focus up there on on books though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine if I went to BU. No way. What the hell? Wh- what part of Maine? That's up by. It's called Orono, but it's right. Now, you know, it's a little north of Bangor. Yeah, far. Like, Two hundred and forty miles from where I grew up. Yeah fucking best time of my life it blew high school away I would
0: do it again in a second Wondest memories of my life University of Maine sure we get, you got all the freedom in the world to do whatever the fuck you want and and I guess were you on, you were playing on the team I
4: not till my uh, I went out this spring of my sophomore year for spring football and like I said I walked on there didn't know who I was and I sort of opened some eyes you yeah. know uh, Jack McNell recruited me a guy that coached Doug Flutie at BC yeah he, he was up there I walk in there after having shoulder surgery yeah. right yeah I had atrophy to about 170 pounds. Yeah. I get the balls finally to walk into his office and go, you recruited me. You know, I, I you know, and I, I said, I want to be part of the program. He literally goes, well, you, you, you can carry water and shit. <laughs> he knew that would blow me out of the, I fucking, what an asshole. <laughs> literally, he goes, you could carry water buckets. I'm like this, I go, I fucking excuse myself politely and walked out of there. <laughs> yes. But he was right. I had a sweatsuit on. I weighed about 11 pounds. <laughs> You know, it's still main football, but the guys are fucking big. Yeah. And doing steroids and shit. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, I, I, I was in no shape to play football. Took a couple years. I went home, got strong over the summer. And then a new coach
0: came in and I walked on. And, and uh, you know, it was fun. It's weird when you think back of the fun times. But then it not like you had a good time doing Living with Louie and shit. Oh,
4: my God. Con- but when
0: did you decide to do comedy? Why?
4: there's <sighs> the same reason I
0: think a lot of us...
4: Well, I, I was always attracted to it. Yeah. And and I've, I've heard other famous people tell the same story, but it was true. My parents would go, you got to go to bed, downstairs yeah. watching TV, downstairs. I'd go up and leave the door open a crack to watch Johnny Carson's monologue. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was attracted to it. Yeah, yeah. And my buddies were funny as hell. Yeah. You know Boston kids. They're yeah, fucking, yeah. My buddy Bob Murphy was David Letterman before Letterman was Letterman. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Went to work at a think tank. This kid graduated first in our class. Yeah. Funniest motherfucker I ever met in my life. Yeah. And another guy. Greg you still Z- talk to him? Oh, on occasion. Yeah. On occasion. That's the other sad thing. We go our separate ways. It is Kinda, really weird. It, it bums me out. But that that's what, you know. So uh, I was always attracted to the stand up, uh, to the, to the stand up thing. And, and uh, I'd see Jay Leno on the Merv Griffin show and go, that guy sounds like me. Yeah. And it turns out he's from Andover, which is, you know, 10 minutes from where I grew up right yeah i go wait a minute i think i <laughs> could do possible. this <laughs> and then bob murphy my very funny buddy yeah. dragged me into stitches one night like oh, yeah. in the, in the mid-80s to that, watch sweeney, the paradise to watch yeah. steve sweeney at
0: stitches, at stitches. interesting wasn't yeah. really his club but yeah yeah,
4: yeah. sweeney meanie yeah and, oh and right was, the sweeney meanie no, show that's right and it, it mean, like we were, wednesdays or something we were blown away sweeney actually like picked on me look at this good-looking here, giddy here. <laughs> yeah Tore me into asshole and i was fascinated yeah yeah you know and and uh this is why I think it was. I believe in God sometimes. Yeah, I I was a barback at Stitches before I was a comedian for like six months. Mm-hmm. I was in awe of Steve Sweeney. Yeah, I was like it was like I was afraid of him. I was so in awe. It was like Ted Williams to me. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. I just moved to an apartment in Boston with my other buddy Tony. I get drunk on St. Patrick's Day by myself. My buddy was working Faneuil Hall. I, <laughs> yeah. He gives me like eleven beers. I wander out of it. It's not even one in the afternoon. Yeah. I get on the fucking tea and I get lost. Yeah. I'm over by Huntington, by Northeastern. Yeah. I'm wandering. I'm literally staggering down the sidewalk, and I'm thinking about comedy and, and Steve Sweeney
0: yeah. and Lenny Clark.
4: Yeah. As I'm thinking that, who comes stumbling out of a bar?
0: Steve. Steve Sweeney. <laughs> so I guess he was drinking at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: And he goes, oh, yeah, the fucking Guinea bar. bar. He goes, yeah. come on. Let's go for a drink. Yeah. Dude, it was like Elvis. It would like you. It would be you being a kid in love with Elvis, and Elvis comes out of a bar. <laughs> right. I still tell. I told my parents. I go. I never really. I don't know about God if yeah, he yeah. exists or not. Right. That day. That day. Yeah. We go and he get you know drink two Guinness and whatever the fuck. I drank with him all afternoon. Now he goes. I gotta go to. I want to go to Avenue B. It's getting dark. He go. He drags. We get in a cab. We go to. Uh, South Boston. Yeah. Selfie. He wants to score some coke. Yeah, right. I'm in the back of the cab with Steve Sweeney, my idol.
3: Yeah.
4: Dude, I fucking, I, I was hard as a rock. I couldn't yeah. believe what was going on. Yeah. We're in the cab. He goes, we pull into some neighborhood. It's getting dark. Yeah. This is on St. Patrick's Day night. They beat up Irish people on Saturdays. St. Patrick's <laughs> Day night. Never mind. I didn't getting it. Yeah. I wouldn't get out of the cab. Steve goes, here, hold my watch. I go, why do I get to hold his watch? I was so naive. I right. go, why am I holding his watch? Turns yeah. out it was like one of the... He gets out of the cab. He's not out of the cab 10 seconds. Three kids come around the corner, three guys with leather jackets. They- you couldn't have made a more stereotypical... One- Two of them had red hair. <laughs> yeah. And they start chasing Sweeney up the street. They want to beat the fuck up. <laughs> I go to the cab. Cab driver takes off. I go, what are you doing? You can't fucking leave. He said, fuck that. I'm not going to get killed yeah. in this. Yeah. And then Sweeney... I didn't hear from him the rest of the night or day. I call Stitches. They didn't know where the fucking... Comes in, I come in on Monday night. I'm working. He comes and He punches me in the chest. Yeah. Like physically punches me in the chest. He, he thought I told the cab driver to take off. Oh, my
0: God. That I was almost going to well. get a fight with
4: my idol. I was right. ready to fucking... I'm to get glad
0: him. he lived. You know, like, yeah. like what the hell happened? He, you? The last I saw of him, uh, I
4: looked out the window of the cab. Honestly, yeah. like, he's <laughs> sprinting. And, yeah. he, and
0: he had shoes on, not sneakers. <laughs> he's got <getting laughs> shoes on and three guys are chasing him. It, it must have been an old deal. Yeah, exactly yeah there was some history there. yeah right there right was some history like, there. there's that motherfucker right away they yeah. came after him and he's the
4: he's the godfather of south boston for christ yeah me. how's that for a story though
0: it's great
4: he, he he comes out of a bar i'm i'm lost in boston i'm over by northeastern what the fuck's he doing and did that there?
0: did that make you decide to do comedy it sure in hell didn't hurt yeah you know and i used to try to be funny around him you know so all right so then you, you start out and you start doing the, what the open mics there yeah. Like stitches and shit. Yeah. Yeah. George, yeah. George McDonald. George McDonald. Comedy hell. Comedy hell. Yeah. I pulled up. I was drunk at my parents' house. My
4: name was in the hat, I think, and they told me I was on. Yeah. I almost got in a fight with this kid, my my roommate. I was living with an Alston, Anthony Seymour. Uh, he's an eye doctor now. Yeah. I met him up at University of Maine. He's from Augusta. Now he has a practice, like, in my hometown. Oh, really? In a house in Topsfield. What's the name of the town again? Uh,
0: Danvers. Yeah, Danvers. Yeah. yeah.
4: And so, so uh, yeah. So, he... He confronted me one day. He thought I was the funniest guy alive. And yeah. He goes, and, and all these open mics comedy was booming. He goes, "You're a pussy." You, we almost got into blows about. He was questioning my manhood. Right. He goes, "You could be making a living, fucking you know." We, yeah. uh, literally, fucking, almost got physical. So sure enough, I put my name in the head of stitches,
0: and yeah. they're like, "Yeah, you're on Sunday night." Yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. It's, that feeling is the worst. We got three days or whatever exactly, a day, and you're like, oh god, it was so horrible. And be- when when you did Sam's and stuff, you'd get you'd get booked like six weeks out. You're, doing, you're right. doing five minutes in six weeks, and then like for six weeks, you're like, oh, God. It fucking yeah,
4: insane. I, I went on at Stitches. My first line ever was an ad lib. Yeah? Off the cuff. That's when George goes, that's when I knew you were going to be funny. Yeah. I, uh, I, went, I was in a sweatshirt and jeans, Yeah, and uh, I go up, and I followed a guy in a tuxedo. <laughs> Who was that? I don't know. So I went on after him, and I go, you know, I was trying to figure, I didn't know what to wear yeah. like all afternoon. I was like, what do I wear in my first comp?" I go, I I didn't know I was going to follow Mr. fucking Saunders. That was a tuxedo local. And it got like a nice laugh. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm in. I'm in. Then my next bit was about shaving my sister's back or something. That went in the (laughs) toilet. And then I did Archie Bunker being blown by a great white shark. What?
0: Well, that's pretty creative. How horrible. That was the seed. The seed of the Nick disposition. <laughs> but George
4: said that. George goes, When you did that ad lib and it got a laugh, it was the first thing out of your mouth. He goes, I, You know, I saw something. And then George would be on the back mic. Remember, yeah. just oh, making fun right. of other open mics. That's right. How about Bob
0: Nickman? Nickman, I still see with the Fucking hat. Funny. He was so funny. He, he wrote and did a lot of TV work. And I do, a, he's a sober guy and he runs the Yuckaholics every year. Him and Scheidner created this show that every year happens huge show to 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 benefit uh, you know halfway house and stuff.
4: My, my favorite Bob Nickman joke, and he's the first guy I saw call a table of women cunts mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. But my favorite is they- a big moment for Nick. Oh, I'll never forget I, that
0: day. I was like, if that's okay, I'm in. I'm in. How do
4: I <laughs> how do I get good at this? <laughs> how do I get good at this? He, he but one of my favorite jokes he goes I I, I he goes uh, I'd suck a dick. Not if it was like attached to a guy, but if it was like hanging off a wall. <laughs> Kenny, remember, you used to take the hat off at the end and yeah. he'd have pigtails? He was a ball guy yeah. with pigtails. Right, that right, right. <laughs> close. Yeah, that was the big physical close. It was clothes. brilliantly funny. They would kick me out of the green room at Nick's because I was the only one not doing blow. Gavin Lenny would show up, Kenny, yeah. and they'd go, hey, rookie, get the fuck out of the Yeah, because uh, yeah. I was. We don't yeah. want you to see this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Well, I, I used to do it. Yeah, but uh, Remember, like, there was the green room, but then they'd close the place down. And then you'd sit there in the main room at a table with everybody. In the main everybody. room. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's all dark. John Panette, I did coke once before I went on stage. John Panette, the late great John Panette, gave me a line of coke. Yeah. And that was the only time you did it? Before, before I went on right, stage. Right, Oh, I, I'd do it. When I, you know, I was at the Palace nightclub trying to pick up whores from Rivera. <laughs> you had oh, to do it. Only I mean, in that situation. Trying to pick yeah. up a hairdresser from Somerville. You had, you had to fucking give her a couple bumps. <laughs> oh, <fuck> but... Um, <laughs> Oh yeah. uh, God, I get chlamydia nineteen times out of the palace. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, no, I only did it once before I went on stage. Uh Panette gave it to me. And this is a true story. I'm up on stage, I'm not even up there five minutes. Yeah. My left keep my upper lip keeps getting stuck to my teeth and I'm oh. fucking stu- I'm, I'm I'm tripping on my punchlines. Yeah. And and, and I had my hand in my right pocket and all of mm. a sudden some guy goes. Some guy like in the third row goes, "Hey, relax up there." I looked on. I was jing. I was jiggling my car keys in my pocket like hundred miles an hour.
0: <laughs> hey, relax up there. That's the best heckle I've ever heard in my hey, life. Relax up there. He's just like, dude, really Slow down. We we want to see the show. <laughs> I I hadn't done much
4: coke at that point in my life. Oh, to Do it to go on here. stage, oh, no, and I'm new as a yeah, comic. It, it threw off my timing. Bad, and,
0: it's a bad drug for yeah. that, unless you unless you're one of those guys. Unless it works like Ritalin, you know. Like I was also <laughs> like that. Like if I did coke, my eyes would bug out, and I talk too fast. And I'm like, I'd see footage of me. I'm like, oh my god. And you're thinking like I'm I'm nailing this. You know, it's like a fucking disaster. Now I take Advil PM. There you go. Slow me down. Yeah, but like that's so funny. Hey, relax up there.
4: Guy yells, hey, relax up he, there. He's being supportive. It wasn't mean. Yeah, it was yeah. and I look down and hear, I hear my right hand doing oh, this.
0: I think that's the best crowd heckle I've ever heard in my life. Nick's was a rough room at times. Oh my God, dude. I the one time I get I don't know how the hell I managed to get in with them, but I did. They worked me and because 'cause you're like, a good comic. Yeah. But like the one time the first time I went up there for the guest spot. I you know, I, I it was a really big lesson for me. Like I was I was waiting to go on, it's just nervous because like the thing about me is like I couldn't be more different in my mind than the that audience. A very specific audience. They were it was very yeah. white, sweaty, Irish, you know, yeah. tough guys. Yeah. You, you know, like from all over. Yeah. You know, they would come in from Revere, from yep. Saugus, wherever. Yeah. And, you know, it was like it was already I was already at odds, you know. And Leary's <laughs> on. Just like he was one of those guys where you you didn't know whether he was killing or not, but you know there's a lot of energy going on. Like so, Leary's just like nobody more committed. Yeah, that's what I learned from watching him. Yeah, he
4: could be dying, you think he was killing? Exactly. But
0: but so whatever happened up there, it was Leary for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and then they bring me on for my seven, and I'm thinking like I'm just gonna jump into his energy. So I start out like that, (laughs) like I do like the first 40 seconds at this pace, and I stop, and they're just like, what is happening? And it just tanked. It was horrible. It's like seven, eight minutes of like the never ending pain. And I get off, and Dominic's like, "Hey, how you doing?" you like oh, <laughs> He know. couldn't even hide it. Do you remember when it blew up? Like somehow, like Nick's had the main room, and then the, the dance club. They made a second show, yeah. And you could do like nine shows yes. in one night at Nick's, yes. You run downstairs, yes. It was crazy. Yeah, you
4: do. You do one up, go downstairs, go back up, yep. downstairs. Yeah, never leave the building. Yeah, and was, make a nice chunk.
0: Yeah, what big a, chunk.
4: What a money-making machine that was.
0: And then they opened up all those other rooms satellite rooms you know the one in Saugus is still there that was actually a good room in uh, Kowloon yes like it could really be good it was like playing a theater that was the first time I, I, I used the word cunt on stage and it did not it was bad <laughs> I used it right out of the gate and it was a long it was a long half hour that half hour
4: I had a guy sh- open his coat and show me a gun I was yeah. making fun of his wife oh really big Italian guy I don't know what I was fucking thinking did you stop big sweaty Italian oh yeah <laughs> he <laughs> was sitting right in front of he goes like this he goes like this real quick yeah, yeah. Saw, saw the butt of the gun yeah and and I went, hey, a... no yeah. problem.
0: Lover, lover, good for you. How <laughs> long have you been married? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: didn't mean that about your dress looking like,
0: <laughs> like a circus tent. Yeah, a circus, exactly. Nice leopard print. <laughs> all uh, right. So okay. So you come back to New York and you 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 get you get strong again. And yeah. Then, and then when do you go back that way? Because ninety-five. Because that's when it really got bad. It seems right. No, no, I no. I right. went
4: out. I went out. David and Christine Martin were handling me. Uh, Brett Butler. It right. Just landed her big thing, yeah. And I was being handled by right by the same, same management, yeah. and they were like, "We, you know, come out well, audition
0: for Brett show." Louis was with them too, too, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. it was briefly. Yeah, yeah, for a few months or whatever. I
4: remember Christine Martin going, "Louis, such a liar. He lies a lot." Li- <laughs> I go, "What are you talking about? I don't, you know."
0: Uh, <laughs> Louis but, be the first to say that he did. Yeah, exactly. Then. Yeah.
4: So, uh, yeah. So I went out, and uh, no, it was pretty good. I, I, you know. We all thought we wanted to be in sitcom world, yeah. you know. But
0: well, I, that was what that was what we were trained to do. You become a headliner, you get a voice, and then, you know, you get your show.
4: Yeah. What yeah. better way to get that voice out there than be a <laughs> sidekick on Brett Butler's show? Is that what you did? I, I, yeah, I played like, you know, a, a worker at her place. Oh, I, yeah? I did like a half a season. Wow. I was there when the whole thing blew up. I watched it. You watched it unfold? Oh, my God. It was the funniest thing you've ever seen. Yeah? What I, I they, still love they? Brett to this day. She's Brett Butler? Great. Yeah. Yeah. borderline genius insanity yeah. Yeah. one of those people yeah I actually took the picture on the back of her book her autobiography oh yeah I took the picture oh the, yeah <laughs> she, I went to Alabama with her to, yeah. re, to uh, research her book yeah you know she calls me up this is when I was still living in New York and she had just become big yeah or I had an apartment I was staying at somebody I can't even remember no I was living in the Upper East Side yeah she calls me one right in the afternoon I'm laying there watching a football game how you like to open me in the uh, Westbury uh, Westbury music uh, tonight yeah. I'm like yeah and uh who's the guy Do you remember the Italian guy He had a heroin problem He was very funny Did a stint on SNL real quick
0: Oh Vitale Vitale I interviewed him Did
4: you really Yeah Who was Loved Vitale He had a drug problem Yeah And he couldn't make it that night So yeah. I opened for Brett
0: Butler Yeah And then Flew out to LA Well Danny was probably Trying to be clean He probably just couldn't make it Because he was too nervous Like ah, I gotta I <laughs> No a you're right That's yeah.
4: That was exactly the story yeah. The pressure sort of broke Yeah but I ended up becoming friends with Brett and on her show. And she flew me. She calls me when I was living in L.A. She goes, I got Tom Cruise's uh, lairjet. I'm flying to New York. She was doing something in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, next thing I'm on Tom Cruise's Learjet with Find- Brett Butler flying back to the East Coast to open for her somewhere. Wow, that's great. Isn't that fucking crazy? And so you did a lot so of I got dates a little, with her? So I got a little taste of, of showbiz.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Just enough to tease me and keep me in the stupid business. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you feel that way, don't you? Oh, you shouldn't. I should. No, but I, uh, I came out the. I but like it, I didn't even have that much success. You know, like I never got into that rotation at all. Like this how only happened out of desperation.
4: <laughs> you know, like, oh, dude, let me tell you something. I'm yeah. doing. I and I love doing this. Yeah. Radio's still my favorite thing. I it's like great. it as much yeah. as stand up. Oh
0: no, definitely. Because you have the freedom. You know, nobody and, heckling you. Yeah, you can that, be funny conversationally. Yeah. Right? So oh, yeah, but so, so you're, you're an do- inspiration. Oh, thanks, buddy. So you're doing. You're, oh, so you're working with Brett. So you saw that whole sort of like the the. Oh, that's so sad. She used to write for the fucking Dolly Parton show. I mean, like her, like that's right. I mean, like it's way. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Like because a lot of people don't know about people who are you know what their life is. Like I you remember I was going to tell you I just interviewed. You remember John Ridley. The black dude. Yes. He did comedy for like six or seven years in New York when we yeah, started. Yes, and then he just won the Academy Award for Twelve Years of Slave. Yes, screenplay. but he used to be a comic. He never talks about. Every that. Every time I see that
4: name, that's yeah. how
0: stupid I am! I go, "Is that the comic John Ridley?" Right, right it is. Right. So I finally interviewed him just the other day, and I'm like, "You, you know, I remember you. I remember his <laughs> jokes. He yeah, had smart jokes, great jokes. Yeah, and great. and he just like he just shut that part out of his you know the <laughs> resume <laughs> out of his brain. You know, yeah, childhood trauma. It, really, chalk it up really, to that. Right? Yeah, but he's doing okay. I guess the hell. <laughs> he won an Academy Award. It did, right? Yeah. So, all right. So, so you do the Brett thing. You're out in L.A. What was the Tony Danza thing? H-
4: how did that even come about? I don't know. I, it seemed to make sense to me. It, it you was know a Katie FaZe production. as the name of his company. Yeah. And uh, before I that, I got a deal. Uh, Bill, Do you remember a guy named Bill Gross that worked for the William Morris Agency?
0: I do remember him. He
4: was overqualified to be like a showbiz agent. Right. Because he was like a financial whiz or something. Right, right, right. But... He, I'm with him for five minutes. He gets me a deal for seventy-five grand. I don't remember with who—Newcastle or yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck. It it didn't turn into anything. Yeah, Steve Pamer, David Pamer, the actor. I love that guy. Yeah, Yeah. Well, well, Steve Pamer, his brother wrote a great script. for me. Yeah. It was, it was going to be like a Giuliani mayor, and I, I'm a childhood friend who runs his fleet of limos and shit. And That's it, was, great. it was a great story. Anyways, yeah. it goes nowhere, but right. I got I to check out of that. Right. And then I, I don't even remember how the Katie Face production thing, they might have saw me up at Montreal. Right. But I ended up going to Tony Dan's house and sitting on the couch drinking Heineken's, yeah. and he's telling me how much he made on Who's the Boss and how much he made the network. <laughs> yeah, and he's that. in his softball uniform. He just came back from the bat. <laughs> and, and I loved the guy. He was so personable. He couldn't yeah. have been nicer. Yeah. And, uh, and and then I had an audition. That went nowhere. And about a year later, I had an audition for another show he was making. And I had to read with him. Yeah. And I guess I was, like, nervous. Because halfway through the read, he goes like this and wipes my face. And somebody said, that's what they do to make you comfortable. Oh, like, they- goes, oh you got something on your face. He goes like this. He licked th- his thumb and wiped your face? his thumb and wiped my cheek. Like I had something. And somebody told me, yeah, he... he, he that's that, his
0: trick? Yeah. To, to put you at ease. That's interesting. And I was like, yeah, wrong guy. Put me at ease. <laughs> yeah, I I wrong guy Christ. Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is this guy doing? I want out of this. Yeah, Tony. I mean, I yeah. so I was
4: at his house and uh, this beautiful house drinking Heineken's with Tony. This is the shit that's cool. I mean, you sort sure. of take it for granted, you yeah. know? I put that in the rearview mirror two, you know, two seconds after it half. What's next? Right. It's now I look back on it. I go, dude, come on. That was kind right, of cool. Right, My wife has been in love with Tony Danza since she was 10. Right. To yeah. this day. Yeah. I had to go take her to see his one-man show a couple years ago. Oh, here? The yeah. cabaret show? The, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it cost me like 550 bucks. <laughs> after that show, I go, it was good, Tony, but Jesus Christ, it cost me a <laughs> half a nickel. He's laughing. <laughs> My wife gets a picture with him.
2: It was she great. She still loves Tony Danz yeah. to this day.
4: It's the funniest thing and uh yeah so i i nine in 95 i i just met my girl my now wife yeah we're just dating and yeah I go, i'm go i moving back to la christine david Marmy told me to go out there yeah and she follows me out i go you can come out i'm not promising it we just met mm-hmm. she fucking comes out god damn thank god she came out because again i didn't know anybody out there right i <laughs> had her over all the you right. know yeah. next thing you know she's decorating my apartment and, and she, my wife just, I never had a chance, looking back. Yeah. Never had a fucking chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the one. She's, she decided. She she
4: saw me on HBO, Young yeah. Comedian Special, and said to her her sisters, I'm marrying that guy. Wow. And then she saw me on Jon Stewart's talk show, and I was plugging a date at Caroline. She came into Caroline's. Which Young, Young Comedian we Special were you on? <laughs> the one shot in black and white in the 1850s. Uh, the, the one with Dana Carvey hosted. Janine was on it. Oh. L- listen to this lineup, Mark. Spade, Janine, not Kenner. Not Spade. Oh. Kindler, yeah, Kindler, me, Janine, Judd Apatow, Ray Romano, Bill Bellamy, Bill Bellamy, and, and right, and uh, Dan and Carvey was the host. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, me, I me and Kendler are fighting it out for the last play. <laughs> <laughs> I think he pulled ahead of me with all his Letterman spots. <laughs> I don't know,
0: where's Bill Bellamy? Bill Bellamy, he, he, he had a stretch right. of movies, yeah, he did. you know, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird how it all happens, about, but you know the, the 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 difference though is when we're sitting here talking is that we've clearly mentioned a couple of guys were like they disappeared, and the the weird thing is is that the real dudes, the ones that can't help themselves, they find a way. Yes, you, you, you know you find yeah. a way. Yes, you do. And and you know you hopefully it's not too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, a good good point. it's like, Hopefully you can live with it, or you're delusional enough to think that everything's okay. Right. You know. Right fucking it's crazy been good to me no His i definitely has been good to me no and, and it still is yeah and people you know respect you and like you and louis like i love when you know like louis uses you in the in the show all the time and he
4: doesn't have to do that no
0: and, but it's a friendship and you don't have to interview me yeah it's Seriously. a friendship no we go way back i mean way back dude yeah louis way, is 25 generous. years already this business has a lot of generous people in it Oh, it's a real, like, when you come up with people and you have relationships with people, I don't know any better people. And the thing about it is it's not like normal life. It's like, you know, it's almost like we were all in the same war together. And when we see each other, exactly. they're like, holy shit. I remember when you lost that arm. That's right. Mixed. Yeah, that's right. That's a bad <laughs> night. Bad night. You doing all right? Grew back. Look at that. You got your arm back. That's right. <laughs> you were holding the mic with the other hand yeah, for like four for, years. Yeah, it was your hook. It's almost sad it grew back. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no it's been very good look two night two weekends ago uh, three weekends ago i was at the uh, ridgefield playhouse yeah it's a in, in connecticut yeah it's a beautiful venue right. 350 people paid 30 something bucks to see me
0: yeah yeah good you know
4: show what? it's my favorite show yeah and i I told him next time i shoot something i'm I, I don't care if it's an expensive place i'm shooting at that theater it was fucking beautiful people in the balcony it was full down the Come To see you coming to see me yeah they paid and 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 you know and they listen. No, no waitresses, no you know the theater is how nice it is.
0: Right, Did they, they're hanging
4: on every punch. Shit, I mumble under my breath a love tagline. It. They, they, it. they catch that. It's the best. It, it was so, and I was home by quarter of eleven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I get paid for what I'd get paid to do a club for a week. You right, know? it's the best.
4: What is? I mean, I can't complain. Do you have that? And moment I do anyways.
0: With it, like now that I'm doing like bigger venues, I'm still nervous about it. But like when you start doing door deals at comedy clubs and you realize. This is what these fuckers were making when I was starting out. Like, do you, you know, like you know, I remember when I got when I was headlining comedy clubs and you know, and I, no one knew me, and I was making fifteen hundred bucks for Wednesday through Sunday. I'm like, I did it, I made it. Yeah. And then you do a door deal, and like, wait a minute. Yeah. You mean twenty years ago were these fuckers doing that? It's I was like, know, I know. And then you wonder like, why you know, like, well, that guy's still on the road. Yeah, because he's doing door deals. He's making a fortune. Yeah. I wish I was. That, that's all you I want.
4: Out of, Mark, that's all I want at this point. I want stand up is still. I hate the flying and the tra- all that shit. But yeah, being on stage, it's as fun now, if not more, than it was. I don't know how many jobs You can say about that Than it was when I first started Oh me too yeah I, I, But I just want to put
0: asses In the seats sure. at this point that's, that's, that's what it really comes down
4: that's to That's all I want to do yeah. yep. and, and, and and like I said That Ridgefield thing Just reinforces that That experience I had My second I, I was there a year
0: before Well it's beautiful now Because you got the You got the podcast yeah. and, the, and you got visibility You know and Howard loved you And you know and, yeah. and, and, and the thing is You do have people that like you And they come It's just getting them there And getting the gig And you know Right Yeah Right And, 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 uh, and I think what's interesting Thing about you is a lot of people don't know this and you know we know it because like your public personality you know once you you decided to 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 be completely opinionated yeah you know might alienate people you know sure. but you know you have your people and i know yeah. you like to alienate people but like i still know you and louis still knows you like you're a sweet guy you're good hearted guy and you wrote for chris rock i mean i don't think people realize that you know that, that the difference between an act and the difference you know what you're doing and how aware you well, are well i'm of not it.
4: even yeah and i look you have to sometimes you have to do shit to get noticed yeah i had to be i noticed you know everybody thinks one way politically in this right, business right i'm gonna swim upstream right right sometimes bad publicity is good publicity mm-hmm. and 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 the tough crowd experience was good and bad for me right it, it got me noticed right and, and there's a lot of people who think like me and they still do right uh but yeah but you know like i said it we live in a time where, you know, to be an
0: opinionated white male. Right. Shut your mouth and, and swim with us. Oh, a little bit, though. But, but and I, you know, I understand that point of view. But I think that when it comes down to doing comedy, that on your best night, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to a crowd that likes you and you're having a good time. You're not up there just spewing anger. No, right. You know what I mean? I went through that phase. I, it was scary, phrase. I, 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 frankly, I was. There was a period there. I probably, it, I think it happened to a lot of guys. You know, right after nine eleven. You know, like everything sort of snapped into place. That's and, a good point. And and, and the point. anger, you know, had a had a depth to it. And you know, it kind of unleashed a thing. But you yeah. were kind of scary for a couple of years.
4: Oh, maybe. <laughs> Nobody will tell you though. Oh, really? Yeah. Nobody. Well, well that's because we're comics. Quinn, Quinn will call Quinn's my best friend in this yeah. business. Yeah. And and when when he would hint, it's like having like your family member finally sit you down or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. like a father figure. Yeah, yeah. That's when I started going. What he hey, say? Shit. Well, just I'm afraid he goes. Some of the, you know, I, I'd have meltdowns at the comedy cellar. Yeah. a lot. Right. And and he goes, I'm, you know, I'm just afraid that'll come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Eventually or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I sort of knew that myself. But right. It's
4: fun to be. It's fun to walk that. See how far I
0: can go. Right. Right. Part of the, you know what I mean? But it, you said the booze will make it worse
4: yes yeah and i and I'm, not, and I'm not like i didn't
0: drink like david Tell did in his prime or right, whatever Right. right. already no, but you just of those like when i drank you know you get you know something else turns on like they say and you probably know this from rehab where yeah. it's not how much it's what it does to you yeah yeah Yeah. how it yeah. changes you yeah yeah
4: and and i'm not blaming it on that because i'm not a fall-down drunk but right. I, I i actually gnome the guy who runs a comedy seller No. He about a year, a year and a half, two years ago. He goes, look, you know how me and my father love how you stick your thumb in the eye of political correctness. But he goes, you're making it, you're even making it hard on us now. And you know what? I didn't, I didn't argue one point of his. I said, I, I said, you're right. The some nights I leave here fear, feeling bad. Yeah. How I turn the room into a, you know. Yeah. I feel bad about driving home what I did or whatever. Right. That's how I know it's not right. Right. I, 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 I have since sort of like kept distance from that room right just to give them a break
0: right right he didn't he didn't he wasn't going to suspend me but you know he's got a lot of angry emails yeah isn't that weird though that whole because i do that like there's 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 a couple reasons that happens where you where you actually feel bad you knew that you know that you did something oh yeah fucked up and, and it's a real feeling and, and like i get it now sometimes i get it where like you know when you like when you're doing a room and it, you, you hear where the laugh is and you know you're not going to get higher than that yeah like like it's just it's yeah it's just the audience it's not even anything you said but there's part of you that's sort of like well i'm gonna have to push harder you want the reaction one way or the other that's right you want to connect you want to wake them the fuck up or do something like sometimes when i'm bombing like or not bombing but not doing as well as i want i won't get off stage i'll stay up there for two fucking (laughs) hours because i the one thing i don't want them to leave (laughs) saying is like he's a quitter yeah yeah exactly it's like, all right, so yeah. this is where you're going to be. Then I'm just going to stay up yeah. here and, and, and at least get your money's <laughs> worth of something. But but there is that feeling where you know you know you crossed a line. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. And then you sort of like, there, there's there's some about that weird guilt or self-hating thing that like it, it's I, it, it happens a lot. It's kind yes. of compelling. I, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's the way we we feel better about ourselves. I don't fucking know what the fuck it is. I,
4: I know something was wrong when I I I got an apartment on the Upper East Side right before I moved to L.A. Uh, and uh, here in New York, yeah. in, uh, Nick's Diner was right across the street at yeah. the corner. Yeah, I used to eat breakfast. My first week in the apartment, I go over there to have breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> waitress, she goes, "Are you a comedian?" And I go, uh, "I go, yeah." I go, "How do you know that?" She goes, uh, "You call me a cunt at the Comedy Cellar like a couple months ago." <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I go, "Don't spit in my eggs." Please don't spit in my.
1: <laughs> what she? Uh, did you? She it? laughed about. Yeah,
4: I go look. Yeah, yeah. I go, you know, I, there's no way to apologize. I go, but yeah, it, it, that's happened more than you realize. It's more common. It's not don't just spit my eggs. Don't spit my eggs, please. But, uh, yeah, but now, like, my last hour I put out, I was never... Another Sense Was Killing. Yeah, the Sense Was yeah, yeah. Killing. Go to NickDip.com. Yeah. It's selling well, man. Good. Thanks to... I went out to L.A., did Corolla Rogan yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Fitzy, but it's selling well. Good. And, uh, yeah, on that, I was never a political comic. But yeah. But, like, Colin Quinn, and I've said this on every podcast I've been interviewed on, Quinn said it best. He goes, no, you're not a political comic. He goes, but, Nick, you could be telling a joke, a McDonald's joke, and people know how you voted. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am not a political comic. But are your, uh, your, uh, your parents still around? Yeah. How do they da- feel about everything?
4: Well, it's kind of sad. My dad was just, like, diagnosed with Alzheimer's, oh. like, last December. He'll oh. be 80 in October. Yeah. And, uh, he no, he's happy. But he tells me now how, how proud he is. He oh, never good.
0: did. You know what I mean? Isn't that interesting? They get softer and they get, you know. Yeah. So the Alzheimer's, he, he says it and then he claims not to remember. Exactly.
4: Said it. <laughs> Michael, can you? I go, can you recite one of my jokes, Dad? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He, but he,
4: uh, and my dad was the funny guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's the other thing. People ask my influence. I used to watch him riffing at a cookout mm-hmm. with my parents' friends. Yeah. My parents' friends would be
0: doubled over. Oh, yeah. What did he do? He would just, like. Uh, no, like, what was his job?
4: Oh, he, he was a uh, business controller. My uncle owns a very successful machine shop, uh, yeah. Tool and die. Yeah. My father's the bookkeeper. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so, we, we, you know, he was the funny guy. He was the funny guy, and uh, I used to see him riffing and making these people double over. You know? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Even you know, he always had funny cracks watching TV. But he always laughed at shit that was inappropriate. You know. Right. <laughs> He always found the dark. I tell a story about it on my on another Sense is killing. We're at McDonald's, you yeah. know, we're kids. I'm mm-hmm. probably eight years old in back of a station wagon. The whole family's packed in there. Yeah. Like an old lady came out uh, with a tray, and she slept on some ice. And, yeah. Like fell, and my father's laughing his balls. <laughs> he went out and helped her up. Right. That's right. my dad. He was belly laughing before he got out of the car and helped her. <laughs> she was all right. We're, and we're all pointing and laughing, just following his lead. You know. Well,
0: it's it's the, you know it, it's funny when it's fake, and why I guess why wouldn't it be funny if it happened it's reality no
2: exactly
4: yeah yeah so uh yeah he was my dad uh yeah this stuff so he he'll be 80 my mother's like 78 it's, and they're,
0: they're proud though they they my dad did is, all right they're yeah. happy when you make a living if i find, think most of the time they're no exactly yeah. and i'm living in a nice house in westchester
4: i mean i it could have been worse you oh know? dude right
0: yeah i've seen it <laughs> i've seen it it's like it's it, it, it can get really heartbreaking and sad and we've and you and i have both been through that this is the one thing that, you know, it's not, there's not many people that don't, who, who, who who don't pay their dues that get really big and hold it, you know, but right. and they, and we've all had hardships, but you know, there, the, the sort of the rejection and heartbreak of having those moments where, you know, you really don't know if it's going to work out. Yes. You, you know, like at our age, like, cause I had that when I started the podcast where you're like, I don't, I can't, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? Are we going to enter the job market at 45, 46? There's nothing. I still have this conversation. You do? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, 53, I'm
4: 53. And, yeah. You know, it's We're, like, like I said, thank God for gigs like Ridgefield. Yeah. She that energy back into me. Yeah. And the podcast, my podcast is going, I've only been doing it two years, and it's always in the top. It's uh, great. On iTunes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I still, you know... I still love radio, and I and I got people working on it. I, I really think that's what I, where I'm going to end up.
0: Well, you don't you don't have to go to radio; and just keep elevating the podcast. Well, yeah, maybe but maybe what you do. You're is, the only one that's figured out how to monetize. Yeah, well, a few. Yeah, well, well, you can monetize; it's just about numbers.
4: But you, everybody, I always say this because you know my people, my web guy would be pointing to Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla. I go, they were famous before they had their podcast. Right, you understand? Yeah, 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 I go, Marin
0: is the best
4: example of a yeah.
0: Didn't know. Yeah. Well, you're gonna, no
4: one yeah, knew me. You'll teach me how to monetize it.
0: Well, I, no, I can't tell you that. It, it, but, you know, I, what I was thinking, though, is that what, maybe you get to a point where you can have some sort of situation in the city where you drive down to interview people. You, so you have, but you think the key is having. You no, no no, get, no, 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 I, I don't think so. It, it, the key is really just, you know, figuring out who the hell knows how of getting people to the goddamn thing that's right there's still a lot of people don't even know how to do it it's like some big fucking question you know like (laughs) podcast how the hell do you what do you mean turn your computer on (laughs) you have a computer you fucking idiot i know (laughs) it's getting easier every year to find it ultimately will become easier but yeah we can talk about that but i'm glad you're doing all right and thanks for talking to me
4: are you kidding me uh it's just like i said man uh i'm really impressed that you did it with the podcast. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, I know. It's a good, it, one your time, should one be time heard. in my
0: life I had good timing, career wise. You know, you don't know how the hell that's, it's the one thing no one can manufacture. You see a lot of talented guys, you're like, why the fuck did that, didn't that happen? Yeah. It's like, because the shit didn't line up. The thing that we don't have any control over, you know, is, is sometimes the thing that's going to turn. That's right. It. You know, I just happened to get in, you know, I had a certain capacity for radio and, and it was just at the beginning of this thing. And, you know, I grew, my show grew with the medium, like, you know, no one, it was, you know, there was a few guys doing it, Yeah, but it wasn't like the thing Yeah, and it just turned around.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, a zillion people are doing it, so you you got something right, that's seriously. Right. I I keep feeling like career wise, I feel like I'm on the old uh, let's make a deal show.
0: I keep picking the wrong curtain. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, the cow. Wah
4: wah wah.
0: Four thousand cans of dog food. <laughs> 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 but you seem better personally, which is good.
4: Yeah, I am. You got a I look, little peace of mind. I got a wife that that uh, sort of smooths me out. You know, yeah, and, and, and keeps my anger and check and yeah she goes don't don't call him back and leave that message you're gonna cost yourself 20 gigs. 20 gigs.
1: <laughs> i don't
4: want you sitting around the house i have tweets mark i've had tweets where yeah. my finger's an inch from the button yeah. i could p- commit showbiz suicide if yeah. i hit this tweet. yeah
0: yeah and she goes oh, oh what, what
4: are you doing i'm like a suicidal guy with a gun through his head go right. ahead i'll pull this right. say right. one more word you'll be living back in that one bedroom in queens
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, you, she she has like parental controls on your computer <laughs> yeah, yeah no exactly that's- <laughs> I'm like a child who wants to see porn uh, well, it was great seeing you man
4: thanks Mark yep. appreciate it brother
0: that's it that's me and Nick that's Nick DiPaolo kind of a one of a kind that guy it was good talking to him good seeing him go to WTFpod.com for all your WTFpod needs go to Get a little Co-op over there. If you get the WTF blend, i uh, get a little on the uh, back end of that one. You can uh, get on the mailing list. You can check the calendar. And also, if you're new to the show, go to WTFPod.com slash guide to see everyone who's been on this show. You can also get hooked up with Hal at WTFPod.com. And I've just added a new poster. I've, I dug up an old poster that I love that you can get uh, you know, on the site now. I'll sign it if you buy it. It was a riff on the uh, Black Cats pack- packaging. Black Cat uh, Firecracker packaging for a live WTF and uh, CD release party we did years ago. I, I sort of was, it was always one of my favorite posters and I dug it up and and now it's available again. Whoa, here come the planes. So now I'm going to play guitar. So those of you who are trying to sleep, maybe you should turn it off. <laughs>